Welcome to another round of Drawing Board or Miro Board. Today we discuss technical diagramming with systems architect Maya. Let's go. First question. You've spent 10 hours slogging over a sequence diagram that should have taken five. Drawing Board or Miro Board? Drawing Board. And if I'm being honest, Miro would probably cut that time down by half. You know, with its AI tools and ready-to-go templates. Next, your diagrams become so bulky, it's more complex than the solar system. But all it takes is a few clicks and... It's Miro. I've used those technical shape packs way too many times. And stuff is just digestible on its infinite online canvas. Now, the final question. Everyone's brought in. But you have to make all these tasks all the way over in Jira. But wait, it's done. Is it... Miro. Easy with its two-way Jira sync. Easy to plot dependencies. Everyone always knows what's up. And she's done it. Join over 60 million people creating technical diagrams without workflow glitches. Get your first three boards for free at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jordan, open. Chicago with the lead. Bryant, to game, Not a game. Not a game. We talking about practice. LeBron James with no regard for human life. And he's going to go. G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys NBA Podcast, episode 8, coming at you with myself and Callum Mack. We're running another double-double podcast. How We're are back, you, baby. CMMC combo, let's go. Let's let's do it, mate. Uh, we've got a lot of, lots to talk about today, so I reckon we get stuck straight into it. Um, before we get, we've got a couple of spicy Game 7s to, to discuss from today's game, uh, and then yesterday's as well that we'll, we'll wrap up later in the pod, but... Um, just before we get into those games, I just want to check the uh, the stats on our our predictions that we had a, a few podcast episodes today in our NBA awards. Um, you have predicted one, I have predicted two. <laughs> so I'm two, I'm two for two so far in our predictions, uh, with the most improved player being named the other day in Brandon Ingram. So uh, I'll collect my uh, reward later after the podcast, Cal. Look, that, that's fine. I think Luka Dantich definitely deserves an honourable mention there. Oh, um, yeah, and he got it. He was top three. He was top three, exactly. Rightfully so. Um, but look, it's, it's, um, I'm not too mad about it because as I've been uh, showing you guys back on the um, good old Ball Boys chat, I did put $1 on Brandon Ingram to win the Most Valuable Player back in August. And wow. And I, I, I won a whopping $34 in those $34 odds, so... Big well. money, <laughs> big, big money on show. <laughs> Here we go. That's foresight back in the day. That must have been why you are. Uh, was that after you drafted him into your fantasy team or before? It was um, directly after I drafted him in my fantasy team. Right, yeah. So you were, you were riding that hype train. You, was, you had was, him in your fantasy team. You were hyping it up. Oh, that's when I put my bets on. Straight after my draft, I, I want to yep. make sure. Because I also put someone scary, Terry Rosier, who I believe was on my, my team as well, who didn't do so well. And, but, um, and you also right. had one on Bam Metabio, didn't you? Bam as well. You yeah, also, he was in my team. Yeah. <laughs> so I put a bet on Bam. And you he, were just hyping your team up. 
Yeah, well, fair enough. I, I guess uh, whoever's on your team next year, maybe I should put some money on them being most improved because <laughs> they, they have a good chance. Outside of Terry Rozier, you were, you were pretty on the money there. Yeah, it was pretty good. Uh, it's not like Scary Terry had a bad um, year. He, he was okay. He was an athlete. Yeah, yeah. So I think with our predictions, uh, that was the one prediction that uh, we all disagreed on. So I think uh, Jermaine had Bam, you had Luca, and I had Brandon Ingram. So um, the tiebreaker goes to me. <laughs> and then hopefully the rest of our predictions are all aligned um, and we can we can go through pretty unscathed. Um, that was the one that, that I had the hardest one picking, though. So that was uh, tough. glad that, I... That was yeah. tough, that one. A lot, lot of worthy contenders, but um, good on you, Brandon Ingram, from... For winning that award, uh, we'll get we'll get stuck into the the juicy stuff from the last few days. Um, talking about a couple of these games, let's start first with um, game seven from yesterday, which was the Jazz and the Nuggets. Yep. Pretty spicy game, a pretty spicy series all up. Like this this series was like really. If we're actually talking about the all time great first round series, this is this one's right up there. Absolutely. It's got to be one of the best duels of all time as well between Donovan Mitchell and um, uh, Jamal Murray. Like, yeah. Both of them, this going off too, both of them put up two 50-point games, which is absolutely outrageous. Um, also, the rare comeback from a 3-1, and because um, I, I was totally in the camp for Utah after they won that fourth game. Yeah. And yeah, so the so, rare comeback, 3-1 three, three um, behind Jamal Murray, just absolutely going off. So. Yeah, man. Uh, well, to go on our predictions, so I, I predicted Utah to win in seven. Um, so obviously I was wrong there. I think you boys both predicted the Nuggets in I, our, I in said our prediction. In seven, and I believe, um, I think Jermaine, he was six or seven as well for the Nuggets. Yeah, yeah. So you boys both got that. I, I unfortunately was off by two points in the end. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so close one. I've got a few, few stats to throw at our listeners. Um, speaking of like historical duels um this this stat was um recorded before game seven the other day um but jamal murray and donovan mitchell are now now have the most um combined points of any duo in any playoff series ever um they overtook michael jordan and charles barkley who had that record in 1993 with 239 points um and before Game 7, Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell had a, a recorded 267 points. And so if we add an extra, I think they scored over sort of 40 points all, all combined. Um, you can check me on that one, Cal. So they would be over 300 points um, combined in, in a single playoff series, uh, which is far beyond anything we've ever seen before. So a truly historic performance between those two players, um, one that we probably won't see for a long time to come. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It was it was pretty exciting, and there were some glimpses where you, I mean, Jamal Murray when he turned it on that three sixty layup he pulled off, and like he just got so hot from three point range. And in in that fourth uh, quarter, if he's feeling it, it's just like I don't know how you can guard that. Yeah, it was it was insane. Like I think last time we talked about these guys on our pod, uh, I think you you called out we, we were both had high praise for Jamal Murray, but I think we both asked, you know, it. it 
is he going to keep this going? Like his consistency has always been a bit of a a question mark. Like he's he's shown promise. I think I compared him to like a like a young Steph Curry in our last pod, and then and then we followed up saying that yep, he's got the talent there, but he needs to show some consistency. And bloody oath, did he? <laughs> he, um, he 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 answered the call that we we sent out for him. And um, yeah, one of the all time great performances in the first round yeah there was um, one um, stretch where he put up about i think it was about 95 points without a turnover yeah like, yeah that's crazy that's ridiculous like, like the amount super of think about the amount of um like the amount of minutes the ball was in his hand as well at the point oh yeah even just trying to find people and then also putting up those efficient amount of points yeah crazy yeah this he he was scoring super efficiently. He just looked like a man possessed. Particularly in that that game six, I was watching that last quarter. The duel between him and Donovan Mitchell, just trading threes backwards and forwards, contested shots off the dribble. It was it was inc- it was incredible. Um, to throw another crazy stat because this this series is actually full of, of crazy stats at the moment, but. Um, Donovan Mitchell actually set an NBA record this um, series for the most threes in a series, um, and with 33, so he, he hit 33 three pointers this series. Um, the person he overtook um, that previously had the record at 32 was Steph Curry in the uh, 2016 uh, NBA Finals. Um, so there's a bit of a curse to this this record here, uh, Cal, because the last time someone set the record, they also lost a a three one lead. So. <laughs> So Donovan Mitchell gets the record, but, you know, I don't know if anyone really wants to take that one next time in case they, they blow another lead. Um, and I should also mention that Jamal Murray um, tied the, the record with 32 threes himself. So um, that basically sums up the, the series there. Just two young future superstars going at it. Um, yeah, a tough, tough loss for the Utah in the end. Yeah, um, yeah tough loss for them. I. I feel bad for Don, um, Donovan Mitchell as well because at the even at the end of Game Six, he was clearly pretty, yeah. pretty emotional. Um, yeah, he was he was pretty pissed. He was throwing shit around. He was yeah throwing yeah. shit around, and at the end of Game Seven, he was just like tearing up. And I mean, yeah. look, he left his heart out in the court. You, you got to give him respect for that. He had an amazing series. Um, yeah. In, in terms of Game Seven, mate, we'll, we'll touch on Game Seven a bit more. I feel like Game Seven's like a total different different kind of animal. It's a it different beast. To, hey. it, it really is, man. Like people, yeah. some people show up, some people don't. The game usually gets like usually it's s- slow basketball in the playoffs, but yeah, it, it really sort of tightens does up, doesn't in. it? Mm. Yeah, it, it tightens up. Um, you know, you like you know to quote Eminem, your palms get sweaty and like things <laughs> just sort of like every shot is just a little bit extra important. So the the hot shooting from those two guys slowed down, um, and it was it was sort of Nikola Jokic that that put his foot down, which was really needed for the the Nuggets. He was getting some easy baskets, some clutch buckets at the end there. Um, and the, the Nuggets did their best to um, to choke away the ending there. Did you see the end there with the, the missed layup by, who, who was it? I think it was um, Tor- Tori, Tori Craig. Yeah, yeah, Tori Craig, yeah. They, they should have run out layup. the clock and they, yeah, pass it for They didn't even layup. need to shoot it. Yeah. yeah. Questionable play there. Um, Very questionable. To, to be honest, that whole last quarter was pretty painful. Like it was, yeah. what, 18 points is what the Jazz put up and 15 points is what the Nuggets put up. They, they also yeah. only put up 15 in the third quarter, those Nuggets. So yeah. A really, I mean, it was hard to watch that that second half for them. Like it was, yeah, like <laughs> bricks everywhere. <laughs> yeah, out, outscored by what? What is that? Thirteen points in the end in the, in the second half to nearly choke it away. Um, yeah, could have been could have been a horror story for the Nuggets, but they they managed to scrape by. Um, and um, yeah, so I think with this one, 
they've got a, they've got a qu- pretty short turnaround now coming up. So they're versing who are they versing the Clippers um, in the next round, who are well rested after their um, six game uh, win against the the Mavericks. Um, so will this really affect them? Like I know it's every other day that they've been doing anyway, but do you think that the rest is going to be negatively impacting them against the the Clippers, who are one of the contending teams and they're well rested? I think um, Jamal Murray probably, I don't know, like he shot 27 from 21. He played a a lot of minutes. It's got to be wearing on his body a a little bit to have that quick, um, you know, throw into round two. So you you never know until game one. To, To be honest, I mean, look, do we think Denver really has a chance at the Clippers? We can get into our predictions next if you want, but... I don't know. It's probably a disadvantage from that point of view. Yeah. The Joker's been looking pretty solid all, all the way. I'm maybe a bit more worried on Jamal because he had a, a big yeah. load on his shoulders. He's got to carry a lot. And maybe this is where the uh, the skinny Jokic comes into play and, and he um, shows us what he's what he's been working on. And this is this is where he comes to play. <laughs> um, one, one other thing I should touch on is um, since we spoke, Gary Harris has come back and you, you can really see his um, fingerprints all over the series because... He's sort of um, that that big clog in terms of the defensive side of the ball. You saw in that last play guarding Donovan Mitchell, he, he was the one that actually got that steal, uh, was all over him from the perimeter. Uh, not Donovan wasn't able to shake him. So I think it, he'll, he'll be fresher than, than the rest of the group because obviously he came in late to this series. So yeah, I, I agree. I think he, that... he looked pretty good. I think he came into game six and... Um... Yeah, he was looking. Yeah. He was getting his feet back a bit. This game, he didn't shoot the ball well, but defensively, he did look really good. And that's the one big weakness, um, I guess, glaring weakness that the Denver really did have against that Utah Jazz team. So he was much needed to really bring the series home. Yeah, and um, and Gary Harris, I've always I've always personally been a big Jazz fan. Um, like I think a couple years ago, he he erupted like I think scoring nearly eighteen points a game, shooting nearly fifty percent, um, and was looking like he was ahead of Murray in terms of um, development and, and skill as a player. But I think he had a couple of injuries, was in and out of the lineup a little while um, uh, last year and then this year as well, um, and sort of has taken that like back step. So yeah, he's got the potential to be uh, a really important player in this, in this Nuggets team. He plays both sides of the ball. And when you're coming up against a Clippers team who have prolific sort of wing scorers, um, someone like Gary Harris is going to have to do a lot on the defensive end, um, but also needs to be able to hit those sort of open three-pointers to, to spread the floor for that Nuggets offense to be working really well. Um, so, you know, I, I suppose we should get into our, our predictions now. I'll throw, um, I'll throw one question at you just quickly Yeah. in terms of from Utah's perspective. And I know we get a, a yep. fair few Utah fans out there. If, um, if Bo, Boban Bogdanovich was playing, yeah, how many games do you reckon this would have gone to? And do you reckon Utah would have won it? I do think they would have. I honestly do think they would have won it. Um, I think that offense was uh, tough for them. You, you obviously saw Donovan carrying a heavy load. Um, and also the you depth know. as well is, is yeah. another thing. Like, yeah. in, in that game seven, they really only played six players because yeah. they played Niang and Morgan six minutes each, um, yeah. which is... <laughs> And they didn't really yeah. produce either. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and, yeah, and they, you think of like the difference between Niang and, and a Bojanovic sort of level player. Um, I, I actually do think that that, like, I mean, they only won by two points. The Nuggets did in the end. So I think, of course, if you throw a 20-point scorer, someone who can stretch the floor, play three, play four, um, I, I definitely think that that swings the, the tide. And I reckon, so the, the Nuggets, 
were down 3-1 in the beginning, I think, you know, you, you put Bojan, Bojanovic into the mix there. Um, yeah, they should have sealed it in I, five or six. I think they would have taken opinion. it in five or six. Yeah, they yeah. wouldn't. They wouldn't have been a game seven if if that was the case. But he was out, so you can't really say the the ifs and buts game. Yeah. Um, Why can't we? So I love a bit of a what if. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, I suppose we can. That's what we're here to do. <laughs> um, so yeah, but you know the the Jazz did well. Um, I think. You know, we've, we've got a, a glimpse of the future for them. I think Donovan Mitchell has definitely taken the reins of the best player on that team. I, I, before this series, I thought that Gobert was still the most impactful player. Uh, I know this was a pretty tough matchup for him because Jokic is that kind of player that can take him outside the paint and, and hit those threes. And he made um, so Jokic that, work all, all series He, he as well. did. He did. Um, there wasn't anything easy, really, uh, for, for Jokic. So um, it was really on the back of Jamal Murray that that the Nuggets were able to come back into this series. So, uh, but I, I do think that Donovan's done enough to sort of claim that crown of Utah's best player. And, and it was always going to come, but I think now is that moment where, yeah, Donovan's, it, Donovan's taken, given the crown. So hopefully they'll be back. I, I do like Utah. I do like the way that they're built and the way they're coached. So I think they'll be back in the playoffs next year. Yeah, um, I agree. Until then, um, see you to Utah. Go fishing, boys. Yeah, go fishing. Hit, hit the, I suppose they can't go to Cancun this year. Or we'll make, <laughs> <laughs> they might have to stay around. But uh, yeah, so we'll move on to the predictions. So who do you, what do you have in this series between the Clippers and the Nuggets? Um, I feel like as we touched on before in that Clippers and Dallas series, I thought whoever was going to win that series was going to take whoever wins yeah. this one you know so uh, you gotta take the Clippers you gotta take the Clippers if I was gonna make How a many- prediction I'd probably have to say I'd probably have to say in five games I think they can seal the deal yep. could stretch out but Jamal six. Murray Jamal Murray what about <laughs> him <Jamal Murray>. <laughs> look <laughs> he's, he he's like Michael Jordan um, now some legitimate pr- primitive defenders <laughs> do, do, do you know if uh, if Patrick Beverly's back is is, is he back now yet I'm not too sure it might not be confirmed um, if, if he is but- Hopefully. They've had a bit of time off, so maybe he might be back sometime this series. Yeah, but. he had that calf injury, which can be a bit of a like nagging injury, which can just yeah. drag on. So, yeah, we'll, we'll have to look into that maybe a bit further into the, the series to see if he is back. And even if he does does come back, you really hope that he comes 100% because he he was missed in that Dallas series. And, and, and he really yeah. brings a lot of character and a lot of energy through that starting lineup and, and the defense and makes all those energy plays that they need. He, he's a decent defender. I think he probably gets overrated, in my opinion, as a defender. Like he's, I think uh, I remember an interview of West, Russell Westbrook basically trash talking him, saying he's a shit defender. All he does is make a lot of noise, which I kind of, <laughs> I kind of agree with. But but he he is he's a better defender than someone like Reggie Jackson, for example. Um, so it's definitely a plus to have him on the on the court there, and he is someone that doesn't require the ball in his hands. So I, I like his fit within the Clippers team. So I do think that that definitely helps them. Um, but yeah, I, I probably have to agree with you. I'm, I'm going Clippers in five. I think, um, yeah, Jamal, he's, he's done well. And if he proves me wrong again, then so be it. Um, but I think he's just coming up. He's coming up against a different beast, a different animal um, in the Clippers. I think you, you throw some different bodies at him, some bigger bodies. You know, maybe they even throw Kawhi Leonard on him on a few few different possessions. Um, the switching in and out is going to be a lot easier for the Clippers than it is for Utah. Um, Utah have some... Uh, Good defenders, but they also have some defenders that can get exposed when they get put in the pick and roll. Um, whereas the Clippers, that's sort of their strength. Um, but we'll we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, hopefully, uh, I wanted to get touch on. So 
we saw last time we were questioning Paul George in our latest pod. He answered us. He, he rang the bell and sort of said, hey, guys, I'm back. Uh, <laughs> do, we, do we think that Paul George is, is all good now? Is he, is he back to normal Paul George or what, what do we think about him? I don't know. I wouldn't say he's back to the standards. Well, I guess the the plate that we put him on to because he had a good game five, great game five. I don't think he shot like twelve of sixteen, efficient from the field. He yeah. looked like he was actually looking after his shot as well, like going after it, which we hadn't seen previously um, before he yeah. was pretty tame. But he didn't have an amazing game six either, um, which closed the deal. I mean, look, Kawhi looked amazing. Ka- Kawhi, yeah, looked. He's been Kawhi really took awesome over that, that one whole series. He's been actually. Um, in terms of averages, he's been averaging, he averaged 32 points that series. He he, he was yeah. killing Dallas. They, they had no answer for him. But we both know that Paul George really is... You need to have a number two. And Paul George is yeah. the number two to it. Um, like, you have to have one to win a championship. And he needs to perform. I I hope that in this series, especially because they are pretty weak on the wings, like, they don't really have longer longer people to mark no. um, or guard a Paul George. I mean, Michael... Uh, you know, uh, what's his name? Michael Porter Jr. He, he's there. He's long, but, you know, still a rookie. Um, he's long, so, but, yeah, his defensive IQ isn't quite there yet. Like, he, yeah. he needs years to mature that. Yeah. Offensively, he's, he looks pretty good, but... Yeah. I, I've got I've got a little, little prediction getting out of the playoff talk, but, but I reckon in... What's the time frame I'm going to give myself here? I reckon in three years, uh, Michael Porter Jr. will be the Nuggets' best player. I'm going to go three out all him. Three years. I've given him three years. He'll Nicola, be there. Okay, the best Are you spe- speculating a nope. bit of a trade in the future? <laughs> no, no. I, I think Jokic will be there. I, I'm, I'm starting to... I mean, Jokic is a good player, but I think... Uh, I don't well, know how much better he can get. Um, player rankings. It was consensus. Yeah, so yeah. you think Michael Porter Jr. is going to be in that top 10 as well? I, I think I think he's going to be special. I, I'm I'm seeing a little bit of a, a Jason Tatum sort of like build <laughs> ilk of, of a Michael Porter Jr. Um, you know, uh, who, well, the only thing I would say is if Jamal Murray continues going the way he is and, and turns into that Steph Curry level kind of player, then maybe not. But I, well, I think it could be I scary think, if they get all three of those really reaching that ceiling. Oh, man. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think they could be very scary for a long time to come. Uh, but yeah, like I said, for this series, I think yeah they don't really have much answers for those two wing players. Uh, Gary Harris, he's good defensively, but like you said, he's a bit undersized. He's not not the longest kind of defender. Um, so you know, Kawhi Leonard can can get his sort of like post fadeaway kind of shots. Paul George can hit those shots over these defenders. Um, so yeah, I, I see them wrapping it up in five. Um, I know you were a bit concerned last time we talked about the Clippers and you're a bit worried. Um, since we talked last, they've won the two games against the Dallas, albeit without Kristaps Porzingis. Are you feeling better about them now or what are your thoughts? I feel like they have a, a bit of a way to go and they, they, should, they should pick it up this series to get the everything kind of clicking. And it's I think, honestly, that it's missing uh, like a healthy Montrez Harrell. I know he's been playing, but he has been looking like himself. He hasn't bring that energy like he has been yeah. in, in the regular season. And then on top of that, they, they miss Pat Bev. Like they, they need Pat Bev out there, giving them some good minutes on the defensive end. Yeah, yeah. I think I think even just just the Pat Beverly thing with the depth of their point guards is is a bigger factor than even just having Pat, Patrick Beverly having his skill set out there. I think taking players like 
Reggie Jackson, no disrespect to, to actually, well, disrespect to Reggie Jackson because he's been pretty crap. And, uh, <laughs> like he, he's he's good on the offensive side of the ground, but 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 the Clippers don't need that with players like Paul really George and Kawhi Jackson, and Lou yeah. Williams. Yeah, they don't need his offense, so they need they need a defensive-minded guard. So and that's where someone like a Patrick Beverly is there. He can hit an open shot when it when it comes to him. So I think that's exactly the kind of player that they need back. So uh, yeah, I think. If we're both in agreement there, Clippers in five, uh, we'll, we'll move on from there. Uh, let's head on to the other game seven that we had. This one was today, so we're recording uh, Thursday night here in Brizzy time. So OKC versus Houston, another two-point loss or a two-point win, I guess, depending on who you're barracking for. Uh, but the and Houston Rockets... Game seven, yeah, baby. Game seven, man. These are exciting. I was I was watching the, the, the last quarter of this one sort of on the edge of my seat. There was a lot of uh, controversy, shall we say, in, in the there dying was. minutes of this one. Uh, a few referee calls or no calls that were uh, questionable, to say the least. A couple, <laughs> couple of millimeters. Bodies uh, hitting the floor. And, yeah. Uh. So... So it was, um, yeah, I know people throwing their weight around and <laughs> <laughs> flopping and refs not taking, yeah, far out. Um, but yeah, uh, the Houston Rockets, they've moved on. Uh, I think, did you and Jermaine both pick the Thunder to win? It was just me. I had Thunder in, in uh, six yeah. and, and both okay. you, I think, I'm, I'm not sure what Jermaine's pick, it might have been six. Um, yeah, what, okay. was, what was your pick for the series? I actually had Houston in five, so I was I was off, but at least I got them. Disrespected. Um, okay, see. Yeah, I know. I, I wasn't I wasn't giving them enough credit, but uh, so I think that means Jermaine predicted everyone. So I will have to have to check that one. But I think Jermaine predicted all the first rounders. You and me both were one off. Um, he didn't get yeah. those sweeps though. I point that out. Those those sweeps yeah. he was not on at all. Those outrageous sweep calls. <laughs> <laughs> Disrespect. But but yeah. Um, what did you think of this this series on a whole, and and then more specifically Game Seven, Cal? I feel like um, it was good to see. I feel like the series really was the emergence of Lou Dort into the league. Yes, and he had a yeah. great Game Seven too. He, he, he had a like massive that. Game Seven. Like, what the actual fuck? Like, where did this man come from? <laughs> Leading I think scorer. I s- yeah. So another stat for you guys: um, Lou Dort has now become the. Um, He's he's got the NBA record for the the most amount of points scored as an undrafted rookie in a game seven. Pretty specific, but <laughs> but a cool stat nonetheless. So thirty points for him today. Um, uh, like how how where did this come from? He six from twelve from three point. Like what? Like did you know this man could shoot? Because I didn't. Well, look before game seven. Do you want me to tell you what he was averaging from three point range? Yeah, yeah. Hit me with that. He was averaging eighteen point two percent. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so and I, will I also think that, mentioned that Eric Gordon was averaging 18.4% from three. Yeah, so right. So they were really just as terrible as each other. Yeah, true. Well, one you would expect to be there, and one of them you wouldn't expect to be there. Um, but excuse look, me while I play the, the highlights um, in that one. He tore up game seven, didn't he? Um, Chris Paul, the triple-double, 19 points, 11 rebounds, 12 assists. Um, yeah. He really, you know, he was going at it. He, he was doing exactly what you thought. I wouldn't mind him maybe taking a few more shots. Um, I look at this, like, I mean, Lou Dort took 21 shots. That's a bit of a question. Yeah. Like, I guess he put up yeah, 30 what, points, but, like, what, it's confusing. What's going on there? Yeah, <laughs> I, I feel like now I didn't. I only managed to catch the, the last quarter of this game, but um, perhaps that was Houston's game plan to let Lou Dort go wild. And and what can I say? My man Dort <laughs> let him, made him pay, so... Um, <laughs> Uh, the other thing I wanted to, one of my takeaways was, uh, particularly from this game, was um, 
James Harden. Now, I've got some pretty lofty expectations for James Harden because I've had him in my fantasy team, I've watched him during the regular season, and I know what this man is capable of. This guy can string together consecutive games, 40 points, 50 points, 60 points. Now, this is the third year ha- in a row that he's led the league in scoring. Three years yeah. in a row. He's, he's, a, he's a, a scoring machine in the regular season. But I still feel as though when we get to the playoffs, he seems to freeze up. Or I don't know if it's the, the defense, the, the, the scheming and things like that. Um, people honing in on him, not falling for some of his you know free throw um, attempts or trying to get himself to the line. Um, but only 17 points in this game. Um, one from nine from the three-point line. He... he he had a crucial block in the end there to, to win them the game. Um, I'll give him credit for that. So, But on the offensive side, I'm, I'm not really liking what I'm seeing from James Harden this far. And it fits the sort of trend we've seen from him in the past. So um, if I'm a Houston Rockets supporter, I'm, I'm pretty worried about that. Yeah, and I'll touch it maybe a bit on game six as well, where the, the, the last three minutes was really hard to watch if you're, if you're any kind of um, Houston Rockets fan or if anyone who kind of likes watching Russell Westbrook because he played absolutely yeah. terrible in those oh, last three minutes. Oh, man. Turnover, Some turnover, of those turnovers. Brick. But, like, I don't understand why James Harden just wasn't, like, asking for the ball. Like, they were just running yeah. everything through Westbrook. He didn't even, like, touch it. I, no. I didn't quite understand I that, especially since, I mean, you average fucking, like, 34 points in the regular season. You're one of the best scorers, like, just of the generation. Give yep. the man the ball to just have a, a few bloody drives, get to, get to the foul line at least. So that was... A bit of um, yeah, I don't know. I just didn't really quite like seeing that. It that's, made me that's feel something a bit nervous we've for the seen. Rockets. And now this game happened four of fifteen. Yeah, and and that's what we've seen with with Harden in the past though. Like he, uh, I think there was that um, game back. I can't remember if it was last year or the year before where he basically sort of gave up and, and stopped shooting the ball and just was really really passive. Um, so it's it's a recurring sort of thing that we keep seeing. Um, they've obviously been bailed out um, this round. Obviously, it's the first round against what I would consider to be. A pretty beatable opponent, um, you know. OKC don't have the talent that that Houston have, in my opinion. Um, but just like the the decision making on this this Rockets team, now uh, I love I love seeing all these memes about uh, Russell Westbrook is playing better for OKC now than he ever has in the past. <laughs> I had a good <laughs> good crack up with that, but um, yeah, I, I I just I'm worried about this team moving forward going against like a team like the Lakers, and we'll touch on that in a second. But a few I know they know they got the win, but a few red flags I think for the the Houston Rockets there, um, which I'm a bit concerned about. Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. I'll, I'll throw a, a fun fact out there for you. Um, All right, hit me up. If, if you're talking about just how deep you go into the playoffs, OKC taking it to Game 7 of Round 1 is yeah. um, the deepest they've gone since 2016. Is that true? Yeah. Wow. And that's because and they, they, had lost some in, good teams. Um, they lost in 4, 5, and 5 <laughs> games. Man, they've so, had some good teams too. And that's Man. what Russ and... Um, we had Russ by himself and you had Russ and PG together. So. Yeah, Russ and PGs, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. Ever uh, since Kevin Durant fair, left, they, they had some unhealthy playoffs. Like uh, I wouldn't completely knock it, but um, fun fact. Yeah, it's it's been a bit frustrating to be an OKC fan, even for the past ten years. Like they they could have almost been a dynasty had they made some different moves, but you know, well, I won't, this I won't, I won't open up the um, interesting for him because it's either I mean this is Gallinari, he's expired, so do you re-sign him? You got Chris Paul with a bit of value. Should you should you look to shop Paul? Like I'm sorry, Chris Paul now. Uh, yeah, that's a good question. How, has he got two years left on his deal? I think. Uh, I think Chris is three. 
I think it's three. So you saw three left. years left after wow. this one, yeah. Far out, man. That that contract's gonna look bad. Although in saying that, Chris Paul is also playing at a really high level. Yeah. Um, I, I feel I like he's stat. still got two pretty good years in him. Not as a number Definitely. one option, but like as a, if you want to bring a vet in to show some leadership and like a winning prowess to a team. Like he's on a start the, on the rise. He's still a starting point guard, and he will be a starting point guard for the next two or three years. Um, so I, I think it, it's okay um, if we want to discuss the, the the trade that everyone's talking about that happened um, about this time last year. Um, Westbrook uh, tra- going to the Houston Rockets for uh, Chris Paul and all those first round picks. Yeah, I think it was. You this, know, was it two first rounders? Uh, no, I'm pretty sure it was four. I'm pretty sure it was four. It was four. I thought it was four for PG. <laughs> And then two for oh, us. Oh, okay, yeah. It might, it might have been four all up. Pink yeah. City, as they're more formally known as. It, whatever the case, it was it was a fuckload of picks that OKC got. And, and picks in the far distant future, which could be very good. Um, you know, it's sort of like that Brooklyn Nets kind of trade back in the day when they, they, didn't, they didn't give a shit about the future. They said, ah, they won't be good picks anyway, but ended up being Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Um, I feel like they've got a lot of assets down there. They have heaps of assets they can move and and even bring in a star player. I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe they make a push for a Joel Embiid or a a Ben Simmons if they both go on the market. It it reminds me. It reminds me a little bit of if you cast your mind back 12 months ago, think about the Clippers. You remember the Clippers that, um, you know, made a surprising run in the playoffs. They took the Warriors to six games, I think. Um, They had a lot of players that, you know, weren't superstars. They had a lot of assets, players under good contracts. And they traded Blake Griffin, got some good assets back. Yep. They, and, and then they end up signing Kawhi Leonard and Paul George just 12 months later. So um, I don't really expect anything like that to happen. Uh, of course, we don't really have the free agents coming this, this offseason. But perhaps in uh, a couple of years, uh, they could make some big moves and, and be a title contender uh, pretty soon. And then, obviously, they've got all those picks coming in. So if you're an OKC fan out there listening, I wouldn't be too stressed. You had a really good playoff run um, and a really bright future ahead to look forward to. And you had the best defensive guard in basketball in Lou Dort. Yeah, Lou Dort. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the man. Deep defensive player of the year next year. I reckon you should put an early bet on that, uh, Cal, just to, you know, while you're on a hot streak. Well, I'm on a hot Defense- streak. Let's get those odds yeah. Defensive player of the year, Lou Dort, 2021. Let's book it in. <laughs> um, so I guess we'll, we'll move on to the, the next round, which is the uh, Lakers versus the Rockets. Um, what's your prediction there? I feel like, I feel like it's got to be Lakers in five again. Like, yeah, from what, you're I, going I, from what five? I saw from Houston, especially in those last two games. Like I, I don't know. I guess they closed out game seven, but I, I don't have much faith in this team from what I've seen so yeah. far. Um, there's a little part of me that is kind of the more I watch them, I, I like Russell Westbrook attacking the rim, and he's still not quite 100 percent healthy, in, in as my point of view. But I don't know. I just. I kind of want want to see him le- like lose. I don't know why, but I just have something against the Houston Rockets. The way they play, it's just not too entertaining. No, you no. know what I mean. Like I just kind of like when I watch him, it's like, oh man, I wish someone just gave it to him. And yeah. Anthony Davis should destroy yes. this team. Surely, a hundred percent. hundred percent. Who who are they going to put on him? Like I, actually, well, PJ Tucker's a good post defender. I'll give him that. But like AD so long. Like he's a good post defender against shit post players like you know Stephen Adams, who isn't an offensive threat. Um, I'm I'm gonna bring out uh, I'm gonna bring out the broom in this in this series. I'm I'm bringing out the broom. I'm calling a Lakers sweep. I think they get by this series really quite comfortably. Maybe a couple of close games, but I, I really don't know how they're gonna guard Anthony Davis. I don't like this Rockets team in the playoffs. I, I think that. 
the the hardened thing scares me. Um, Westbrook, when you're going up against good players and it gets close, makes dumb decisions. Um, <laughs> I've never really been a Westbrook fan. I mean, I see the talent and I've been like waiting for him to make it a thing and put it all together and have success. But at this point, I'm giving up. I, I don't. I don't really see him. You know, doing. You know, he might put up some stats. He might get some rebounds. Everyone's going to be freaking about it. It's triple doubles, but. You know, when it comes to crunch time, I don't know how this team really gets through these Lakers, who are uh, decently decent defenders. Um, I know they're missing a couple of their key pieces, but I think LeBron is rested. He's not going to be um, cold. I think the rest is good for the Lakers. So I, I, I'm, I'm calling it a sweep. No Rockets win, no games from here on out. I don't know, man. Like it's it's a. I feel it's hard to this rule off zero wins against a team that fires up so many threes like I feel like you just have to go in one game if they get hot from three surely they can win a game especially when you got like you know hard and go into a three three line whatever it is and and even though Russell doesn't look 100% healthy maybe you know game three or four he's starting to show some some signs of what he was a few months ago in the season when he was averaging like 53% um, field goal and just kind of dominating other teams so you gotta give him, I gotta give him one game I still yeah I mean, look, I, as I said before, I don't really want to see him win. <laughs> I'm rooting, rooting against him, but look, I'll give him a game. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if they win a game, but I, I just, I, just, I want to go on a limb and, and, and put my money where my mouth is, and I, I just really don't like this Houston team. I think, I think the, the small ball experiment has worked this far, but it's only worked because they've come up against teams that, well, you know, in the regular season, there was limited time to see it, and, and now we've we've only seen them go against a, a team with a big band, Stephen Adams, who's not really an offensive threat. In saying that, I don't know if you watched that that last possession, but I have no idea why. Um, I know Shea Gil, uh, Shea was taking the inbound pass, but there was a uh, Stephen Adams had an inside lane uh, posting up on PJ Tucker, and there was a there was an easy lob pass up to Stephen Adams, and they didn't even look at it. I don't know why they didn't go to that with 1.1 seconds left, but have a look at that one. I have no idea why they didn't throw it up to him, but yeah, without a matter of time, sh- the clock that seems like a good option, doesn't it? Yeah, a hundred percent. They were down two, um, even after Gallo missed that free throw that could have put them up, put them down one. But they, they didn't even look at it, and then end up turning the ball over and losing. But I don't think the Lakers are going to make that mistake. They're going to throw it into Anthony Davis early. They're going to throw it into an often, and um, I think he's just going to eat them up. Anthony Davis average forty this series. He's going to go series. to town. Yeah, he's going to go to town. That means he's going to average as much as Jamal Murray and, and yeah, Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past him. Like, who's guarding this man? Who's guarding got another him? 40, is is um, James Harden going for 40 every game? Is this going to be another 40-40 lineup? Maybe. But one team will win with a 40-point performer. One team will lose. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not too excited about these matchups in the West, to be honest. I, I think there's a the, both the, the LA teams are sort of pretty... I'm pretty confident that they both both walk into the, um, the the conference finals, and that's when the really juicy mess up starts. But um, hopefully, maybe I can be um, be wrong, just like I was in a few of these games. Um, yeah, and we'll see how we go. Uh, moving over to the East, we'll we'll start to talk about the other game that was on today: the Heat versus the Bucks. So, I think what was we, your prediction, we, Mitch? Yeah, I don't know what okay. your prediction was before game two, before game one, now, in fact. Now, we haven't, no one's listened to our predictions yet because we haven't said them on, on the pod, but we did have a, a little message group going and, and everyone asked their predictions and, and I said Bucks in five. <laughs> so 
I'm already disrespect. wrong there. Absolutely disrespect. disrespect. I know. I know. You've I, always I'm, hated I'm, Westbrook. You've always hated Jimmy Buckets. I'm not hated Jimmy. Hey, hold on. Hold the phone. Hold the phone there. I don't hate Jimmy Buckets. What what I what I made that prediction on Maybe was you're just not I, on my level of hype of Jimmy. Buckets. No, I'm, I'm not on your level of hype. But I am very very high, or I was very very high, and I thought that Giannis was going to be the next. He was going to take that next step these playoffs, and and I haven't seen it yet. Um, now he's been good. He's been getting his stats, and he's been he's been like a all star superstar level. But but I expected, and it hasn't happened yet, and it still could happen. But I've expected Giannis to take that. You know that big step to join like the all-time greats and and put on just a dominant display. You know, um, taking over the series, um, and he hasn't done that yet. Um, so, and well, to, look, to, I, can I counter that this quickly? Yeah, I, I feel counter? like Milwaukee Bucks. Well, Giannis specifically. I feel like the weakness in his game is still so glaring, just like it yeah. was last year, and he hasn't really improved on it. And and when you play playoffs, it slows down your weaknesses become so much more obvious. And the fact he still hasn't really worked, he still doesn't have a reliable mid-range or deep kind of three-pointer kind of range. It, it just means he just still has that weakness to his game and, and people can yeah. take advantage of it. I understand he's gotten stronger and he, he gets into the paint more often than he was last season. But it's just like some defenses can home in on that. And Miami specifically, a perfect team to just kind yeah. of load the paint. Um, and we, we, we did talk about that before, like, you know, in our playoff preview that we, if it came to a Miami Bucks matchup, we, like, the three of us sort of did say that we really liked the way that these Heat can, you have to can sort of change. switch. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, look, I'll take the L on that one. <laughs> uh, I, I still, uh, actually, I'm starting to doubt myself now because I still think that the Bucks can come back and win the series. I, I believe wow. in that. They, they've been close games so far. Um, so you think, what, in seven games they'll bring it back? Yeah, I think I think well, I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm a bit doubtful now, but they're two and zero, man. Cool. Yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. I, I believe in Giannis. I, I think he's just that good of a player. Um, what what I think is actually his biggest weakness, and um, the thing that I wanted to see improve the most, and this is sort of like a LeBron James weakness as well. But his free throw shooting, man, his free throws need to be better because it's it's a huge liability in the end of the games. Like today, he missed two in a row, um, which would have tied the game after they made that steal at the end there to put the basket in. Um, they would have been tied and they wouldn't have had to contest Jimmy Butler so so heavily and foul him on the end there. But, yeah, I don't I mean, know. That His, game won, man. He had four of 12. It's shit. Like, That's terrible. You, yeah. And, and, it, and it affects the rest of his game because then, you know, when it gets tight, he, he's maybe not too, not too confident to go to the rim because he's worried they're going to foul him and he's going to have to shoot free throws. It, it seeps into the rest of his game. So I think... Man, free throws, uh, to me, it is more important to him to, to get better at that area than, you know, jump shooting at mid-range or a three-point land because um, he's so good at getting into the lane. Sometimes all the other team can do is foul him. And if that's effective, well, then they've neutralized his best ability. And, and I think that's, yeah, really what he needs to work on. But what, what was your prediction for, for this series? So uh, this is what I posted in, in that group. I, I thought <laughs> my... And this is this happens sometimes. I feel like my head was saying Milwaukee in seven, but my heart was saying Bucks, uh, Bucks in seven. Yeah. And and, oh, so, and no, some, your heart was saying Miami, wasn't it? Yeah. My, yeah. Sorry, my heart. My heart was saying Miami. And and yeah. I, I look. Sometimes you got to go over your heart because <laughs> I, I've used that analogy before with um with, with the the trade potential in the 76ers. I feel like your head goes of 
Joel Embiid, but your heart goes goes with Ben Simmons. And sometimes you just have to back your heart. And my boy Jimmy Buckets <laughs> for the Miami Heat is an absolute baller. Um, and this team, big, I just said big game one. dogs, man. Like they're, yeah. they're big guys that they don't they're not afraid of anyone. You got Bam Adebayo, who I've mentioned before, as clearly like we, one of the best athletes in the game. Well, like, we we all so love ben, Bam Adebayo it, here in the Ball Boys. We we love we love some Bam Bam. Yeah, um, he's, he's a killer, man. Like game one. He's just doing everything on, on the floor. 12 points, 17 rebounds, 6 yeah. assists. Like, he, he, the man can do everything. He's not a liability at all in any aspect. And he's, once again, a perfect player to line up against Giannis um, defensively because he can just load yeah. that paint along with Jay Crowder, who who spent a lot of time throughout both the games on, on Giannis. Yep. And then um, he's got smart defenders. But Goran Dragic is worth a good shout-out because he's actually offensively been absolutely killing them. 23 yeah. points. Um, today, and he put up that 27-point line um, in game one, and he's just been hitting timely buckets, getting to the 3-3 line, um, and really making that front office looking pr- pretty good to make that trade. They gave up two first-round picks to get Grand It looks Giants silly at the time, to be ago. honest. So, yeah. He, um, he's been the biggest surprise for me. Like, uh, if you had told me um, that Goran Dragic was going to be like averaging 25 points the first two games and that Miami Heat would win both of them, I would have laughed at you. Um, he, he was I a, really... a sleeper for like the whole bubble thing because he, he had a knee injury kind of at the start of the season and he yeah, was working he his way back. And that's why he was coming a lot off the bench because he always has, his, he's got his knee um, kind of, you know, got that. Um, the strapping and stuff the on strapping, it. Strapping, yeah. Every game yeah. he plays now on, on, on that yeah. knee. So, but I feel like just that extra time off, he's really just brought his body body back to where it was, you know, a couple of years ago. Yeah. And he's looking real healthy. I, I haven't really noticed Goran Dragic for, for years, so I don't know. I I was completely surprised when I when I saw him go off in that that first game and then follow it up again in this one. But hey, if if he can keep it up, I I I don't know if he can do it. I think that they can. Uh, I think even in that second half of today's game, they sort of start to put the clamps on in a bit. But um, we'll see. I mean, you talk about Jimmy Butler. He had a great first game, 40 points. You know, hit that, that game-winning bucket. Um, was very good. That, but that today, whole fourth quarter, man, he just yeah. dominated. Oh, he, he turned it on. Turn around, Jays, threes. Yep. He, looked, he looked a bit tentative today, though, um, which is, to me, it actually is probably a benefit, a positive uh, for Miami that they are actually able to win a game when Jimmy Butler you know I think uh, took only eight shots the same amount of shots he put up as Bam Adebayo which you know if I was someone who was supporting the Milwaukee Bucks I'd be like yeah fuck yeah if we can keep Jimmy Butler to eight shots surely we'll win this game um, but for them to like edge out that win <laughs> that didn't work out that way did it <laughs> yeah I know like so that's that's pretty disappointing if you're a Bucks fan um, to let that one sort of slip because I don't think Jimmy Butler's gonna shoot eight times next game I think he'll put up a few more than that um, so, yeah, a bit, bit of concern for, for the Bucks. Um, yeah, do you think that... So you're going with the, the Miami Heat prediction now? You're going with your heart? Yeah, I'm definitely going to stick it. Uh, I might even... I'm going to probably revise it as well. And I'm actually going to say... Oh. I'm, I'm literally going to say Miami in five. No. Yeah. The Miami in five games. They, look, they, honestly, they've got their number. Like, you, you know, when sometimes teams just have another team and they, they just know what they're doing i feel like maybe a bit of a flashback back to um let's go take a flashback back to 2009 and there was that orlando team that just kind of took out cleveland um and yeah. cleveland, everyone wanted lebron james versus kobe bryant in that year and for some reason that orlando team with like hidu turkaloo and like oh, a young, a young throwback. Dwight howard 
Yeah. They just had Rashad their number. Like they dominated them during the regular season. They yeah. dominated them in the playoffs. And this is just like that. You, you wouldn't think, like, obviously, LeBron James is a better player than any of those players in Orlando. But sometimes it's 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 about matchups. And yeah. honestly, like, Milwaukee, this, the amount of pressure they put on um, Giannis just to really make this work. And I just don't think he can. No, not against this lineup that Miami's putting out and throwing at him. Uh, I also I also think that um, Spo has definitely outcoached um, Coach Bud in this series so far, and I, I want I want to see a, a turnaround and response from Coach Bud because um, he's been all over the like the switching and throwing different bodies to Giannis and, and making everything really really difficult, um, and and I want to see like a bit of a shake up from from Bud whether it's just um, different you know focuses on offense or maybe like I don't I don't know if a, a rotation change is necessary but just. Um, the, the offense is, is it's feeling really hard for them to score at the moment, uh, which is what Miami does really, really well. So credit to them. But I think there needs to be a, a little adjustment made by Coach Bud going to the next game for them to, you know, see something a bit fresher moving moving into it. Well, um, maybe I, I, I'll give Coach Bud a bit of advice. All right, you can't have Giannis playing thirty six minutes both get both games. Like at this point, well, it's a must win. Can he please play like forty minutes, forty one uh, minutes? Hopefully, he doesn't get in foul trouble. Which yeah, I guess to is be one fair, yeah, but yeah, to be fair, a bit more minutes. He's been he's been in foul trouble a bit early, um, and that's got to be on Giannis. You got to be smart on that man. Like you're you're the you're going to be the MVP. Like what you, you can't be getting yourself in foul trouble. Um, so that that comes down to him. I think he's going to do better there. Um, but yeah, I think foul trouble is the bigger. Uh, culprit there but you know I think sometimes you just got to play through it even in the playoffs you know you get two quick fouls in the first quarter fuck it keep playing risk that third foul I think you've got to make those kind of decisions um, when it's you know do or die because if Miami win this next game it's pretty much over well no team has ever come back from a 3-0 so the next game is must win for the Bucks. Um, I think they can get there uh, but we'll, we'll see it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if the Heat win because they do have the tools to do it um, so We'll see how we go. Um, uh, to talk a little bit more of the, this game today, um, I wanted to get your opinion on some of the, uh, let's say, controversial calls or, or controversial fouls on some three-point shots in the end there. I, I don't know if you got a chance to check these ones out, Cal. I did. I did. And I feel like both of them are pretty damn soft. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, real soft. Yeah. yeah um, I, I think especially that, um, who, who was it? I think it was Goran Dragish when Middleton was shooting the three. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Middleton took the three, and uh, yeah, basically he was, like, standing straight up. Yeah, like in what world is that a foul? Like I, I, I thought he was planted. Yeah. Um, huge, huge call, um, and potentially costly. And then look, um, respect to Middleton actually for making those clutch. Um, yeah, tries. real clutch, real clutch. I've always been a bit of a fan of Middleton, but um, I, yeah, and but I guess I suppose they even it up and called similar sort of things on the way back. So um, I'm sure the Milwaukee fans think that. The, the foul on their shooter was a foul, but the other one wasn't, and vice versa for the Miami Heat. But I think they both were no calls, really, in the end. So at least they even each other out, I guess. Um, so a couple of, couple of controversial calls, but I guess it did decide the, the result in the end. Um, you know Jimmy's going to hit a clutch bucket in the end. If it's a three throw, he's going to make that. Yeah, well, we'll see if he. Yeah, well, all I'm telling the Bucks Nation is that Jimmy is not shooting eight shots next game. He's he is gonna light it up, especially in that last quarter. So I hope they can find a way to shut down the other players because um, he's not gonna be this quiet again. Um, let's let's move on to the other East series. My boys, the Celtics. 
Undefeated. Never lost. Still undefeated. Yeah, with six and oh. Six and oh. Oh my god. Touch wood. I'm, I'm sitting at a wooden desk, so I'm touching wood right now that I haven't just jinxed us. But can anyone um, beat them? Yeah. Shout out to my boys. We're, we're looking pretty good. And um, yeah. How do you, how do you have you taken this series? We both predicted the Celtics to win. I think oh, we I both predicted seven. to be close. Yeah, I said seven yeah. two. Yeah. I think J- Jermaine sent his predictions in. He actually had the Raptors winning in six. So could still happen, but I'm sure he's sweating on his pick. Um, <laughs> I just want to give a, a special shout out from from my boy, my sixth man of the year, who's now starting, Marcus Smart, who has been amazing these first few games and, and has really stepped up. Um, really quiet in game two for the first three quarters, but here's, here's a stat for you, Cal. I know we love some some uh, Marcus Smart three-point shooting stats. Oh, you but know I do. Give it to me. It, 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 he set uh, an NBA record, actually. <laughs> No six-pointers in a quarter. Give it to him. <laughs> he has tied the NBA playoff record for most threes in a fourth quarter with five. Oh, goodness. <laughs> so, um, and, and guess who he tied that record with? Um, um, well, like you got to go, I guess, get, Steph Curry is that... Or Clay, one of the two. No, uh, Jamal Murray, actually, who did it uh, oh, of course. <laughs> on Sunday. <laughs> so, so big, big three-point uh, shooting nights we've seen the last few days. Uh, but yeah, Marcus Smart, the, just the world's greatest three-point shooter in the league. Yeah, look, he, I honestly was like, he was just back to back to back. It was outrageous. Oh, like, I was, um, I was watching this one at work the other day and I was sitting in my office and fist pumping when he came on. Cause we, I think we were down, we were down 10 points going into that fourth quarter and in a matter of like a minute, it was down to one with three, three pointers in a row by Marcus Smart. And man, that really that really turned the game around because I was I was a bit worried up until that point. Um, it's weird because like we, when I saw him shoot like his third um, attempt, like yeah. I was just a bit I was a bit worried. I was like, oh no, and it goes in, and then he shoots his fourth, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I don't know about yeah. that, man. Don't, know. don't push Nothing your luck. Net. <laughs> yeah, splash, splash, and that's and I'm like that too because I've, I've still got I'm still scarred a little bit from the old Marcus Smart who 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 hits one or two and then he starts thinking he's Steph Curry and he's throwing these threes up and. And then he's like, all right, Marcus, let's settle down now. But no, he's, he's making them now. So I say keep shooting him, mate. Keep shooting him. Yeah, well, look, undefeated. And um, look, huge fourth quarter. you got to give him some, some respect. But look, Jason Tatum, he's the main reason you're, you're in the seat that you're in. Yeah, yeah. Um, he killed it in both games. He's been looking awesome still. 34 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists. Went to the 3 throw line 14 times and hit all 14 of them. Love that. I absolutely love that. I love that he's been aggressive. Um, I don't know if you know that, but uh, that 34 points that Tatum hit is actually his um, playoff career high. Did you know that? No. I was, I really, I was really surprised to learn that. I thought, I thought it'd be higher. I mean, he's been there and around that recently, but yeah, only 34 points is his career high in, in the playoffs. So uh, I was a bit surprised to know that. He's always been that. reliable though. Like he, I feel like he's put he's up consistent. in the 20s. Yeah, that tells that tells me a lot about his consistency. That every every game he's scoring twenty, twenty five, thirty points, um, because it feels like this wasn't even his best game that he's played, um, and yet he set a career high. So um, it, I, I think it was good that the Celtics were able to get a win, even though Kemba Walker really struggled. He was really poor the first three quarters. He he, he made some clutch baskets to to close the game out, but uh, for the most part, he actually struggled a lot in this game. Um, really struggled to get it going early on. Um, so it's good that the, the Celtics were able to get a win um, despite that. Let, let's talk a bit about the Raptors, um, and, and I want to start by talking about Pascal Siakam. Um, Spicy P. Uh, 
Yeah, spicy pee. Well, not so. How about mild, <laughs> mild, lukewarm pee at the moment? Um, he's been a bit, I don't know. I mean, 17, 8, 6, 3 steals and a block. It's, it's okay, but um, I'm not really feeling his impact on the court. He shot 37% in, in game two. Yeah, um, it's hasn't really man. been a threat. So, nice. what, what do you think's going on with spicy? I mean, like, yeah, look, 6 of 16 from the field is, is not great. And then you look at, um, you look at game one, 5 of 15. So yeah. look, he's getting shots up, but he's just not not making them. I feel like the you can't really just look to him as that go-to guy. I feel like he was made to be that kind of number two, number three option. I mean, this is what I said heading into the series. I don't think anyone on this team really is a number one option, and you can't yeah. win a series without like that kind of star player, which Boston had in Jason yes. Tatum. Yeah, and and I know like I know they're a deep team. They got a lot of good role players, but it's just. That that can't carry you through a playoff series, especially when no. like, you know, pressure's on the line. Who, who are you going to go to? We need to run a play up. Pascal, I just don't think he's that guy. I think he's that number two, number three. So I think this is just who he is. I mean, he's still young. Maybe in a few years he could progress and learn from these playoffs. Um, but yeah, um, I just think this is who he is. I think yeah, I, uh, I think he might be right for this series. I, I, I believe he can get there, and if he turned around and dropped forty next game, I, I wouldn't be surprised. He was the guy that I was worried about as a Celtics fan going into the series. I felt as though we could contain the guards, you know, given um, the defensive guards that we have in Marcus Smart um, and, and even Kemba Walker to a certain degree. But um, yeah, I've been pleasantly surprised that Spicy has been not not as aggressive as as he has looked in other series and, and coming up against a good defensive team like the Celtics, um, it's, it's a big test for him. So, um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully he can pick it up and, and sort of be a bit more aggressive. But even so, I still think that the Celtics have been able to weather like good performances out of, you know, OG Odenobi scored 20 points. You're not going to get that every game. Um, Serge Ibaka had 17 points himself. Like, that's, that's not something that I would expect, um, and they're both shooting 58%. I wouldn't expect that to be, keep happening um, game to game. So even if Pascal does step it up and you know score his 30, 35 points, um, I'm not sure if the others can, can maintain their scoring output as well. So um, if I'm a Raptors fan, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty concerned at the moment. Yeah, I, I would be as well. I, I still feel like, obviously... For the series, yeah, you, you have to be worried. For the future, you guys are—you got a good, good, bright future. But yeah, I mean, even Fred Van Fleet, that game one, man, three of sixteen—that's yeah. pretty shocking. Get game two, eight of twenty-two, which is—I mean, he could put up nineteen points, but twenty-two shots—that's—it's not very efficient. Um, no, it's he not never very efficient. Got to the three-three line at all. Twenty-two shots never got to the three-three. The, the Celtics were actually doing a really good job not fouling throughout that game. I don't think they even attempted... Uh, I have the fact... You might... Listeners out there have to fact check this, but I don't think they even shot a free throw in the first half um, as a whole team, the Raptors did. Um, so the Celtics were doing a really good job being disciplined on wow, defense. that's, that's so, pretty crazy, actually. Not even one yeah. free throw. No, it was it was really crazy to see. They, um, they, they got a few in the second half there, but um, really disciplined defense. Um, we, we saw a... We saw a um, a bit of time for the, the Time Lord, Robert Williams, uh, jump in there as well, <laughs> who, I, who I'm actually pretty excited about. Are I, you in the I, train? I, the Robert Williams train? I've been on the train. Don't you worry about me. <laughs> I, I, think, I think he's our center of the future, um, Mr. Robert Williams, because I think he's the perfect center for this team. Um, 
like just like an athletic big big guy who can you know that quick vertical like you know you throw it into the the, the post if on a wraparound pass from Kemba he can just quickly jump up dunk it um, something that like Daniel Tyson Cantor don't have the ability to do um, he's not someone that needs the ball in his hands a lot plays defense um, I love me some Rob Williams so I'm glad that that uh, Brad's getting him out there 17 minutes I think that's perfect for him so um, it was good to see him out there and um, well, it was perfect from the field five of five so yeah he, he gave a, he gave a good energy spark in that first first half there um, and sort of like kept the minute while while players like Kemba Walker were struggling um, so actually look I'm looking at the stats he was also five for five in game one he's a perfect 10 of 10 from the field Never missed. Never missed. Yeah. Never lost. <laughs> never missed. <laughs> I think, yeah. So, I, And I don't even think he played that first series. So, Robert Williams, perfect from the field in the playoffs. Never missed a playoff shot. Yeah. I feel like it's just because this is not Enos Cantor's uh, kind of series at all. You could play him against, no. a bit against Joel in this bump bodies. But, um, yep. yeah, this is not Enos' series. So, yeah, might as well give the youngster some good minutes in this one. Yeah. So, um, now that you've seen the first two games, what do you, are you changing your prediction at all? Are you, are you bringing it in a little bit, like in terms of your like how many games at all? Yeah, I think I will. I think um, I think this is going to be over in, in five or six. To be honest, I don't think it, I don't think it's going to go to seven, uh, yeah. which was my original prediction. Um, I probably I'm probably going to say it's over in five. Yeah, right. I reckon over in five. One. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, maybe I'm just being conservative, but I'm, I'm going to say six. I think the Raptors can win a game. Celtics win a game. Raptors win a game, and then we close it out. Um, but uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised in five. Uh, I, I hope in five, so we can get a bit of rest, and hopefully that Bucks and Miami series goes, you know, a long way. But you know, uh, it'd be surprising, I think, if we saw a Celtics. Celtics and uh, Miami series in the conference finals, though the the what is it the fourth and the three and four seed upsetting the one Maybe and two the five seed. Um, well, actually, they were tied, weren't they? It was weird where I think they were tied the same Miami record. that is yeah Miami and um, yeah and Indiana. I think they were the fifth in the end though, the same record. So it'd be a five versus upsets regardless three. Yeah, yeah Celtics were three. Yeah, so you know it, it it's very possible that could that could come to pass, but. Um, I think regardless, though, that the next series will be will be good. Um, I, I still think of like the Western second round and the Eastern second round, I still think that the Raptors and Bucks can make these very competitive series. Um, I think they both have excellent coaches. You know, uh, we've raved about Nick Nurse like on this podcast multiple times. I think he can do something different and, and make some adjustments. Um, I think that, you know, they both teams have players that can go to another level. Um, so I think... There's still a chance for these series to become really competitive and go deep, you know, six or seven games. I, I, even though they're both down by two games, I still think they have the ability to come back. So we'll see how we go. Um, but yeah, lots, lots to unfold. Yeah, definitely. I um, Yeah, look, I'm looking forward to the next round. I think, I mean, we don't have to get too much into it, but I'd be a bit worried if it was Boston versus Heat. I'd be a bit Re- worried. Uh, worried as a, as a Heat fanatic as, or? Oh, well, look, no, as, as a Boston fan. No, no, get out of here. I'm, 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 pulling, I'm pulling for the heat. Let's go heat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what we're going to do against Giannis, man. So let's go heat. Hopefully they take care of him for us. <laughs> Just put Marcus Smile on Jimmy Butler. We're, we're good. I don't know about that, man. Come on. Nah, Marcus has <laughs> got him. <laughs> Marcus is a great look. Marcus is great, and he's having a great series. And he, really is, made- he really should be a starter. Like, Would you consider next round if Gordon does come back? Let's say he comes back mid- next round would you, I, I, would you keep Marcus Smarter 
I, I actually really like Marcus Smart in the starting lineup. One because he is able to just jump on, you know, the best perimeter player from the get go, and also Gordon Hayward coming in being like the number one scorer off the bench. You know, I, I don't think it really matters to be honest because the the way that Brad runs his rotations, he'll always keep one of Brown, Tatum, or Kemba on the court at any one time. Um, he never has all of those guys on the bench at any one point. So I don't think it really matters, but I think if Hayward's out there when there's less scoring around him, he would his strength will shine greater. So um, I think if he comes back, I think that, that would be the right move to keep him on the bench and maybe play him a few less minutes as he gets into it, But um, and maybe he'll stick throughout the playoffs. But yeah, we'll see, how, we'll see what Brad does. Anything Brad does, I trust him anyway. So <laughs> I put my full faith in him. Yeah, so uh, we, we might call it there, guys. Um, we'll be back next week. Um, we're looking at trying to keep these podcasts at a regular time, so we're still settled on that time, but it might be either a Wednesday or Thursday night, um, Australia time, um, to, to bring it out for you guys so you've got consistent podcasts to listen to. Um, thanks, everyone, for listening again, and if you have an iPhone, feel free to give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Um, tell your mates about us anyone who's into NBA basketball fantasy basketball let them know about the pod and and share the love Uh, until next time guys we'll catch you later see ya Welcome to another round of Drawing Board or Miro Board. Today, we talk brainstorms with UX designer Brian. Let's go. First question. You thought you'd see everyone's idea in the team brainstorm, but you've got a grand total of one. Drawing Board or Miro Board? Drawing Board, right? Because in Miro, the team can add ideas now or later. And with privacy mode, we can keep them anonymous until they're good to share. Correct. Next, you need the best way to explain your idea, but all you have is a few sticky notes. Drawing board or Miro board? Drawing board, because, you know, in Miro, I could record videos, add text, images, links, and digital sticky notes, of course, present my thoughts the way I want. Right again! Now, you're looking for a past idea you thought was just genius. Only you could find... Oh, there it is. Drawing board or... Miro. Our finished and unfinished work lives in one place. And he's won. Join over 60 million people getting ideas noticed in Miro Brainstorms. Get your first three boards for free at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.